Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher, tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Matt. What's up, man? Also, I imagine the FBI. Welcome. <laughs> you know... We could only hope. We are we are glad you could join us this week, Mr. Suits and Ties. But if they show up at Pastor Jeff's um, suggestion and they see me standing outside my black Suburban, I'm going to tell them it's all under control. I got this. We got this. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing for you to see here. Nothing to see here. <laughs> Just happy people. You know what? It'd be a badge of honor if we made it onto their radar. And the dog's barking at strangers. <laughs> That's right. Well, this week's sermon was titled, Faith Always Reveals Itself in Decisions, from Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. The main points this week were, faith chooses God over the state, faith chooses the people of God over the fleeting pleasures of sin, and faith chooses abuse over prestige. I think very much to the point, and it's something that was uh, moderately set up by Joseph's instruction of like, hey, guys, this exodus that hasn't happened is a thing. It's going to be a thing. When mm-hmm. you leave here, <laughs> all of you, take my bones with you. Mm-hmm. I could be buried in a pyramid and a, and, you know, in the trappings of Egyptian dumb, but I want to be with my people. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was it was really to the point and i know most people and even to our joke already uh of over the state that's uh, not new that's not new in church history <laughs> like that's not the shocking statement in this mm. sermon you know mm-hmm. and i know we talked a couple of weeks about that being the case of like that shouldn't be the one that's like the zinger you know yeah the the, the one that is typically harder and a little bit more in your faith that faces is choosing the people of God over the over sin. Uh, for some reason, that's shocking, uh, and choosing abuse over prestige. Yeah, but kind of setting but, us up. Wait, 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 real quick, I, I the I think though I know you're not you're not disagreeing with this, but uh, I think the the defying the state is like the zinger, like that that is the in our current culture in our current culture. Yeah, that, that is that's the zinger. That's the Oh no! Yeah, Did yeah. he just say that? That's why you heard me say the comment. Well, this might really get me labeled a cult leader. You sure, know? yeah. Um, because uh, just Christians have taken on this pacifistic, like um, uh, this, uh, be at peace with all men, so long as it depends on you, um, to an extreme. Mm-hmm. And you saw that play out in COVID. Absolutely. Where just by, like a bunch of dumb lambs, people walked around and, okay, government, whatever you want me to do, here I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting, though, is um, if you read the Bible, you don't get that that is the only way for Christians ever to act as it relates to the mm-hmm. government. Sure. So even Jesus, as he's a lamb being led to the slaughter, what does he say to Pilate? He mm-hmm. says, You don't have the authority. Yeah. I do. <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? He is protesting Pilate at that moment. Yeah. And what he's saying is, you know, listen, I'm going to go up on that on that cross, but I'm going to go on. I'm going up there on my own accord. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not the one who's doing this. And then, and then you see the life of the apostles, Jesus's immediate disciples, and the kind of lives they live, 
Well, that's anything but but peaceful. Absolutely. Yeah. So wherever we got this idea that we just need to. That's what I'm to, saying. It's novel. Like yeah. That's not the course of the church. No. No. And I think it's just since maybe since Christianity's become more uh feminine oriented more peaceable mm-hmm. and not that those are bad things in their right rightful places um but has become more agreeable more nice uh as over a, the over the past as a primary distinguisher as a primary distinguish exactly as 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 top of the lo- top of the list yeah over the past you know beginning in, in probably the 50s 60s and and beyond certainly the 70s and beyond um so so there's something that I wanted to I don't know that it's a question and I think I'm going to actually answer it myself. <laughs> um but you it, know if it, you let someone talk long enough sometimes they get there. If they should, yeah. Or, or sometimes they just talk long enough and show how more stupid they are. <laughs> yeah, that's a Abraham Lincoln quote, right? Of, I don't know, sure. Uh, better for people to think you're a fool and open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yeah. It's either yeah, him or Twain. That's right. Who knows? Yeah. So there's this, you can talk about this over, over coffee this week with people. Um, in this kind of choosing God over the state resistance language and where we fall and all that, there's this aspect that I think that Christians have to think about, uh, no matter whether they necessarily agree with where you landed on Sunday, I think it's something they have to think about in the aspect of this, like, Where's the line on the amount of abuse that the people will take from the government, the state that is over them? And particularly as a Christian, when's it too much? When When's too far? Right? Because that has been, to me, what the conversation's been centered around over the past four years is, oh, it's just a little bit more. Oh, it's just a little bit more. And that kind of slippery slope in action aspect of like, well, when's enough kind of aspect, right? When is enough, enough's enough, or or here's my line, or th- those type of things. And so if everybody's only talking about that spectrum, well, you can really land kind of anywhere to a great degree. Now, you pointed out some very grievous injustices on Sunday from abortion uh, to other things, but that question of taxes, you're like, well, yeah, that's there's probably a too much, but... <laughs> we could both have different numbers for too much and and there's no so these type of things if it's on a sliding scale then our conversation can't be rooted on that we're not going to get anywhere and that's mm-hmm. where we've been chasing our tail so to me it, it feels like we really have to so so then you would want to say in that conversation okay well what what are your convictions that are your immovable lines what would you throw out there and man that's helpful what principles would you stand on like where's your line that's that's helpful and I think heading in the right direction, but you still land on that like we have multiple convictions and you value this thing more than I value this thing and we're both right. But when it comes to dealing with another sphere of sovereignty, that's an ambiguous answer, right? Mm-hmm. Even if you're heading in the right direction. So to me, I think it kind of lands on this final question of allegiance. We have to finally at the end of the day say, who am I allegiant to? Who have I sworn fealty to? Because, and then you get a little bit more into where we're looking at 
uh, with like the American Revolution, like the, st- the Stamp Act, that was enough, like too much, right? <laughs> that's that's too much, or, or the Tea Act, right? That's too much. And those seem a little silly to us given where we are now. Uh, we're well beyond those things. And you look back at that and you're like, well, that was enough to, that was enough to kick over the gunpowder. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And at that point, then it became, well, how much is too much? And they didn't answer that question. It became Patriots and Tories, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of a sudden, we we say, no, I'm with England, and no, I'm with the with the new gov- with the you know the Patriots. And so, I feel like when we have this conversation, we have to be careful about doing what appears to be right and just talking about our convictions. I think that's good and right. But saying at the end of the day, but who do you stand with? Do you stand with I am? Because that was the question for Moses, who saw the bush, <laughs> right? And who then walked with that God across the Red Sea, right? That Who do you stand with? Or do you stand with God or do you want to go back to Egypt and be under Pharaoh, be under slavery again as they start to cry out, right? So, again, not a question I kind of answered. I, I didn't really necessarily answer. I gave my, my thoughts on that. Do you have – what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I got, I got a handful of thoughts. I think um – because I feel like this will help us put some tread to how we actually do this. Yeah. So if I could maybe put what you're saying into a question, all right, how much abuse is too much? Mm-hmm. Um, and is is my tolerance level the standard versus your tolerance level? Mm-hmm. And, and I think, uh, so to take your question of who do you stand with, Yahweh mm-hmm. or... Um, Biden, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, I think our problem um, in even beginning to assess that is that uh, assess that question is is that functionally Christians have stood with Biden. I mean, uh, any pagan president, you know, I'm just picking on him because he's the current one, um, and he's quite terrible. But. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he knows that. I, the, I think functional. I don't know if he knows his name. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Uh, moving on. I. The problem is we've been we've not been standing with Yahweh, mm-hmm. and and here's what I here's what I here's the proof, is that. The line on most of these things has been passed a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah. So if if the scale of like where you draw the line and where I draw the line or, you know, person A and person B draws the line on a scale of zero to 100 and where you draw the line out on that number is where they've now done too much and yours is at 90 and person B is at 75 and person, uh, you know, C is at 60. The reality is, is that God drew the line at like two, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we're not even remotely close to two. Yeah, I mean, maybe there's room of like one point two and one point four and somewhere in there, but like we're just way, way, way past that. Mm-hmm. So, like the taxation thing, um, that Samuel passage for me seals the deal. Mm-hmm. Like, if the state wants ten percent then that's equivalent to to God. Mm. It means they want as much as what God wants and God demands. 
Well, but they're not God. They don't get to have 10%. Mm-hmm. So we're way past 10%. So I think the second thing I would, I would introduce into that conversation is if, if um, say we're the states at like 7% and now all of a sudden like, now we're in the, back to my scale of zero to a hundred and God's at like one or two mm-hmm. and you and I are, you know, people are at 75 and 85 or whatever. So let's go back. Let's use the taxation example. Let's say, you know, it was 3% and then it became 5% and it came 7% and now it's at 8%. So I think that's where there's room of saying, well, when do we act? Mm-hmm. When do we act? And I think the the important principle I would introduce there is 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 uh, from the book of Proverbs. It's just the eye. Proverbs is consistently l- looking at what decisions made today, where they lead to tomorrow, which mm-hmm. most of us are just terrible at doing. We don't know how to scale a situation. I, I talk about this all the time. A, a pra- practical example: of this would be like sports and kids. I've purposely p- put the the break on sports in my family in part because I want to be able to maintain um, at a healthy in a healthy way the same amount of sports activities with one kid as with seven kids. Mm-hmm. So what I mean by that is I cannot let Chapman or let my oldest play every sport all year long because if you scale that out, mm-hmm. when I have five kids or six kids or seven kids or eight kids that are now playing sports, mm-hmm. they can't all do that. Yep. So I'm going to treat Chapman just like I have seven kids that are in sports. So I'm, I, what are my decisions today going to affect tomorrow? So I think that if you if you look at you have to take a look at the government and say, all right, so now they're at six percent. Man, we've moved from three to six pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. It's probably time to start acting mm-hmm. or, you know, wow. So like, man, it, you know, it's been a hundred years and they've went from five to five and a half. Okay. Well, at least take note of that, mm-hmm. but you probably don't necessarily need to act. Yeah. The profits aren't showing up on the door yet. Yeah. Or, or maybe the history has been, they went to five and a half and then they went back to five and a quarter and then they went to five and three quarters, but then they went back to four and three quarters, you know? I mean, now, the reality is this is ludicrous because that's never happened. It never went up and then went back down and then went up and went back down. It, it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Trump's like uh, tax thing that happened a few years ago, we're, we're paying prices for that stuff now. Absolutely. So, um, you know, uh, so I think that's maybe maybe the question more is then where do we begin to act? But But that's before we've crossed the actual line. And part of my argument to, to kind of go back to the beginning is – I think that um, we crossed the line a long time ago say, on the, most things. I think the problem is is that I, <laughs> the question isn't it, did I see it go from 5 to 8%. It's that I was born into 33%. Yeah. And that's my baseline. Yeah. So like another example would be at what point did it and, – and this is you know a conviction of mine that's developed even over the past half a decade. And, and you've walked with me long enough uh, – to, to know some of these shifts in my in myself but at what point is uh the pagan influence of a public school too much mm-hmm. right and yep. and so but i think so 
where I would draw that line now is different than where I would draw draw um, where I was drawing that line five years ago, because mm-hmm. I think the line is not just all right. At what point are they going to shove gender affirming you know garbage down my kid's throat? Well, it, that's the point where I draw the line, so I can't take them there. Or and uh, but then previous Christians before me might have been saying, well, uh, when they start teaching um, uh, evolution. Mm. And yeah. dismissing creation. So I'm going to draw the line there. Yeah. Well, now most Christians wouldn't even think twice about sending their kids to a pagan who's going to teach them evolution as though that's the only option. Mm-hmm. Uh, or that even that's a legitimate option. Yeah, um, they point. would have drew the line there. Um, where I would draw the line now is I have an obligation to give my kids a Christian education. So for me, public school is not even an option. And I think for Christians, it's not even an option. So... You, you've got to be way back here. So I'm saying we crossed that line again, just like the taxation line, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you have to twist the scriptures. I don't think you have to work hard. I think you just have to have someone willing to say it. Mm-hmm. right? God's not speaking of a good, righteous king here who's going to, who's going to take 10% or more taxes. He's talking about a, uh, this is not going to be good for you. And the same thing with Christian education. If we send our kids to pagan teachers, we should not be surprised when they turn out pagans. Yep. They're just, it's just one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. Now I just needed someone to help me see that. Yep. So I'm saying I, th- I think we we we've we crossed the line a long time ago. Now the question is why? Maybe why did we cross that line? I think maybe pulling a verse out of context uh, from Hebrews, of um, so Hebrews ten around thirty four. Um, says, for you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Mm-hmm. And I think what the way we've, at least uh, the way we've practically applied that, if you just look at Christianity as a whole, what that looks like is Christians who uh, basically don't stand up against the taking of their property. That somehow the you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property means I should just sit there while they take it. Mm-hmm. But that's not what that passage is talking about. No. That's a terrible exegesis or exposition of that passage. Mm-hmm. What it means is when they take it, that... That you, it says at the end of that, here's the key to interpreting that passage. Since you knew that yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one. Here's what he's saying. He said, look, you were able to, for that to be taken, but your demeanor, your posture, your joy mm-hmm. did not depart from you. Mm-hmm. Because it was rooted in a lasting possession. Mm-hmm. There's no indication of whether or not they stood up against it mm-hmm. or didn't. So you cannot take that passage and say that. Because mm-hmm. then again, I want to say, I'm, I, you couple that with a passage where Jesus says to Pilate, you're not going to plunder my possession. Yeah. I'm going to willingly put it up on that cross. Uh-huh. I'm laying it down. I'm laying, I'm laying my life down. So, so even Jesus in that moment, he joyfully... Um, uh, goes to the cross, mm-hmm. but he doesn't let Pilate plunder his life. Yeah. Yep. 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 So, so you can't, you can't. So, I think Christians have taken 
passages like that and the live at peace with all men means we just sit by and let them take it all. Yep. Yep, yep. That's what we saw a couple of years ago. That's what we're still saying now. Again, the same. Go, just go back to the Old Testament where God is sanctioning the protection of property mm-hmm. with yeah. war. Yeah. Yeah, and the supplying of his own people with other people's stuff. So, so then why do we as Christians think that, like, did, did God change? That's what I've been told. Uh, they're, they're different gods. <laughs> right? But yeah. that's the thing. But that's the, that's the thing. The Christians in our church and, and, and running our circles would all say, well, it's the same God. It's the same God. It's the same God. Well, then why do we... Why would you, why would we think differently when it comes to our property? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. So you should have some coffees talking about that this week. Where's the line? Who are you allied to? Where's the? I, I do think there's lots of good, and we'll talk about this maybe in a few minutes. But there's lots of good question of like, well, what battle are you going to fight? Yeah. Let's talk about that. How do you resist the government? What battles? Do you actually tackle? How can we go about choosing <laughs> abuse over prestige uh, appropriately so uh, for ourselves, for our families, for our churches, for our faith? Yeah. You know, the uh, I give a, an a example here. Because um, I think the danger, particularly for men, is like we'll want to get in all the scraps. <laughs> like. When you hear about this injustice, you're like, I can be part of that. And when you hear yeah. about this, you're like, I can be part of I'll that. I'll go fight that. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's where wisdom really comes into the mix. So, you know, Chapman and I are rolling to church this morning and or to the building here this morning, and and we get up to a stoplight there in good old Springboro, um, and up comes this dude with a uh, with an American flag painted truck. He was probably from Franklin. Um, Sounds classist <laughs> of you. Yes, yes. I only know a little I, bit about this. You know. That's just because my farm belongs to Franklin. I can say that, right? <laughs> um, so he rolls up and he yells out, "You explit uh, what? Uh, what's that word? Explit explicative? Uh, how do you say that? Expletive. 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 Like two of them. He chained two of them together. Um, I won't say them for sensitive ears here. Uh, and Chapman, I look over and my blood is already coming saying out. Saying it at you. Well, so hang on. I looked over it because he was on my right side, and blood had already started coming out my man, my eyes and my ears. You know, mm-hmm. um, I look over it, and he's clearly looking past me mm. to the car going the same direction on my other side. Yeah, right. And you know, Chapman says something like, "Dad, if he'd have been talking to you, would you would you've gotten out of the car and, f- and fought him?" <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> good job chapman it's just gold man it's, it's good it's good <laughs> and so for the next you know two or three miles by the time we got to austin boulevard we which vehicle were you driving i was in the honda okay that's funnier <laughs> you know yes with my tinted windows the guy couldn't see me anyways uh i said um you know chapman uh, and basically, I walked him through the wisdom of whether or not I would have chosen to fight. You know, buddy, if it would have been he'd been threatening the the physical life of my family, um, then 
I would have stood up for you mm-hmm. and I would have fought for you. Um, if he was going to threaten my life, I would have fought for you, you know. Um, but what if just, he was threatening the person <laughs> who apparently cut him off? <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's be a half a beat late, right? <laughs> I might think a little bit harder. <laughs> But but just to get out and teach him a lesson, for the sake of teaching him a lesson, I mean I have to I have to weigh the risk. Right? Hey, he could yo. have a knife. He could have a gun. Mm-hmm. He could be high. I mean, there's just lots of things. And at that point, I'm risking the livelihood of my family mm-hmm. and their future to teach this schmuck over here a lesson. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to weigh that as not worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. Now, this schmuck over here, I might happen to know that he doesn't have a gun and he's not going to shoot me and he's not going to kill me or maim me. And so I could teach him a lesson in a way that is not going to harm me and my family. Okay, well, then I might engage at that point. So I just, I, I'm going to weigh what battles I'm, I'm going to fight, you know? So like in the, in the taxation thing, you know, I... Even though I think property tax is robbery, mm-hmm. I, I don't think they have a right to tax what is mine. Um, I'm okay with them taxing a transaction, um, meaning like sales tax, mm-hmm. um, but it's I don't think it's right for them to pro to tax again and again and again something that is mine in perpetuity. Yeah, in perpetuity. Because that means I don't ever actually own it. Mm-hmm. They they own it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have the right uh, to own property. Um, I mean, you have to do it the right way. You can't just take it. Um, but I'm not going to withhold property tax right now. Um, I could, meaning I'm not going to resist and defy by not sending in my property tax. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to fight against it in other ways. School levies. I'm going to vote them down every time. Yep. Uh, I'm going to vote to defund the school mm-hmm. every time. Um, I'm going to vote in politicians. I'm going to raise godly children who are going to vote in the right politicians. I, I'm who are going to defy in those ways that they can. Mm-hmm. Now, if I could find a, and the reason, well, well, why would I not? Well, because it would cost me and my family more than what I think that's worth at the moment. Mm-hmm. So my, the, the, you say, well, well, but Matt, you said earlier that we crossed the line a long time ago. Yeah, but there's, there's two things here. There's two things going on. There is, I'm not debating when the line was crossed. Mm-hmm. What I'm debating is which war is wisest to fight, or mm-hmm. which battle in yeah. this war is wisest to fight. Yeah, We're not are, called to fight all of the battles. There are a lot of battles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not that's not at the top of my list right now. Um, so that's not being contradictory or mm-hmm. or uh, being hypocritical. No, it's being prudent. Yeah. So just because you see a battle doesn't mean you have to go fight that battle. Mm-hmm. But what's important is that you see the battle. Yeah. That, I mean, that's most important. And mm-hmm. then you can choose which battles are the wisest to fight. Yep. 
Yeah, well, because the danger, too, particularly inside of Christendom, is that we aren't all yet agreeing on what battles are actually battles. Yes. <laughs> there are many people in the my life over the past five years, ten years, who have been like, nothing to see here. Look over there. This is not a battle over here at all. <laughs> this is all okay. And it's not. So... That's a big deal. I mean, you said it in passing, but that's yeah. Is this? Do we agree that this is a battle? Like, no. the, which side are we on? <laughs> Where's yeah. your allegiance? Like the uh, critical race theory, mm-hmm. you know, that was being told by a previous leader here to me, you know, just a few years ago, that it was just a boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Don't don't worry about it. It's, it's not that big of a deal. And then when I began experiencing the effect effects of that and meaning within the church and realized uh that it was an entire world view and it really was a boogeyman (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh then i realized oh gosh this is actually a battle that's not just worth fighting but i'm gonna have to fight that he's either conceding or complicit on and that's that's well, the scary part. Yeah, and what I realized was complicit in it because yeah. that's really what brought it onto my radar was the effects of that worldview was being used then to call me to repentance. <laughs> and and I'm it's going just a boogeyman though, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Until I use it in your nightmares. Yeah. No, exactly. That, that's a huge piece. But to your point of then selecting which ones. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the beauties of the actual diversity of the kingdom of God that we don't talk about. Uh, is that I can, for instance, Jess and I are engaged in fighting uh, abortion through Hope yep. Rising, through the Women's Center. Yep. And, and not everybody in our church has to be, you know, Absolutely. a standard bearer for that. Now we all need to say, yes, this is a battle. Uh, there are times I think that uh, the church can come together and reinforce it like we've done with the walk for life and some other things we hope to do. But like we fight that all year and we're happy to do it. But we're also not, you know, f- we're not fighting the schooling thing as much as, you know, Jeff has been doing on the board at D.C. and you're doing through uh, branches and vine. And so uh, but we're happy to side with you guys on those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To, to be an ally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, for and now we're touching a bunch of different battles carefully yeah effectively with, instead of just with one. the skills and resources that god's given each of our households exactly. individually yep and i think so if we're going to tell how do we actually resist the government i think that's 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 a valuable principle there mm-hmm. we're we are different stones and mm-hmm. building blocks of the kingdom of god and we bring the kingdom where we go yes so i think you have to take a look at okay where where has where has the government crossed the line according to God's word? Uh, then you can look at your resources and positioning and and then ask the question, what's the best stewardship that God's given me to mm-hmm. resist these things where I need to? Now, I would say another thing you need to think about is that the church is there to, to not just be an ally, but to be a help, particularly in time of need, mm-hmm. when it comes from retribution back to you from the state or from evil people so which also means that if they're going to have your back when that come that time comes you need to not operate as though you're on an island Mm -hmm. because if you go out and you do something where they come and plunder all your property and you now have to move in with someone else in the body you understand that your decision 
is impacting more people than just you. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, if I was going to go do something that, uh, go protest something, um, maybe like the selling of raw milk or something silly like that. It's not silly. It's basic. Well, no, I mean, <sighs> their law is silly. Yeah. Um, then, uh, and they could come put me in jail. Like I've got to realize that that's going to cost not just me, not just my household, but it's going to cost my church something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unless you want me writing letters from jail, like Paul, which has been done before. I think it would be, dude, I could do so much on social media with that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You just have to be get ready to be known as the milk pastor. <laughs> the milk pasture. So, there so, you go. See? There you go. It writes itself, all of it. <laughs> yes, well, you know, I sometimes I feel like I'm a walking storybook right now. Letters uh, from lactose jail. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man. So, like, for me, like, that's another. So, how do we resist the government? I, I I don't think I, I don't have any issue with with going and holding up a sign and protesting. I just don't think that those are generally the most effective ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. I think the more effective ways of doing it are by doing the right thing mm. uh, and doing the normal things, which as we go forward, normal being defined as biblical mm-hmm. uh, is just going to get easier and easier in its effectiveness because it's going to increasingly stand out more and more and more. Yeah. You brought up our resistance mm-hmm. sticker on Sunday and explained the joke, which was something that you would do. Um <laughs> But on the way home. Yes, because I know that there are people in our midst that don't get it. Yeah, it's normal, people. That's why. Uh, on the way home, there was a sticker on the back of a car in front of us that had people running out, stick figures running out of a church, and underneath of it, it said, Christian sanity. <laughs> right? So, I mean, to your point, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a very pertinent sticker. It's time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is w- what normal life looks like. So some examples of that, you know, um, our, our, our beef growing and chicken laying, egg laying, like there's a measure of, of resistance mm-hmm. in that, um, that I'm, I'm not going to the market looking for state subsidized eggs and state subsidized beef. Um, so they don't get any of my money there. Let's say, how do they subsidize that? Well, how do they, so they subsidize it primarily through paying corn farmers and soy farmers to grow. I mean, I don't people realize how much money, where do they get the money to pay these corn farmers from those who are going to the grocery store? You're actually paying for that beef two separate times. You're paying for it through your taxes because that money's given to uh, farmers to grow corn and soy that is then fed from your tax dollars to those cow farmers and to those pig farmers and to those chicken farmers, uh, which is why they don't want me to cut into their profit. That's why they limit what kind of poultry I can do and, mm-hmm. and so on. So they, you pay for it there, and then you pay for it at the store and then when you pay for it at the store, you pay more taxes that then get fed back to the farmer. Now, I'm not dissing on farmers, but but that's... So when I feed my cows grass, 
unfortunately, that I'm paying property tax on that I've chosen at this point not to resist. <laughs> However, I, I do do other things to keep my property in a CAUV, so I only pay a sixth of the property taxes. That mm-hmm. I pay less property tax, I guarantee you, than anybody else in our church right now. I mean, I, I pay two grand a, a year for property taxes. Wow. Uh, 2100 to be exact. So, um, and that's not my biannual. That's my annual property taxes. Uh, and yes, that's in Springboro. So they eat grass that I grew and what well, God grew technically. Uh, and then I buy feed from a, a guy who doesn't feed them corn and doesn't feed them soy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the feed is not coming from a government subsidized source. So when I eat that meat, uh, eventually eat that meat. Oh, those eggs. I'm resisting. Yeah, my same thing with my eggs. I'm resisting um, the government system and the tyranny that's been brought about, brought brought upon us that way. Mm-hmm. So that now, not everyone has the ability to have cows, right? So what you do is you buy meat from a farmer like me. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea, which, and you're part of that. Which again, used to be what's called normal. <laughs> That's right. So I, exactly. I've, been, yep. I've been reading a book by Joel Salatin called Folks, This Ain't Normal. And the degrees of separation that we have from normalcy are just insane yeah, to me. It is. Like, That's why I'm saying we've crossed the line a long, a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah, like I shouldn't be having to research how to make compost. Like I have questions like how do I not have mice and rats around my compost and stuff like that. And it used to be all the answers were like known, passed on. I have to read a book. Yeah. For compost. Like, that shouldn't happen. I like reading, and I'm excited about that, but um, it's not something I should have to read. Yeah. These type of things. Now, let's let's bring this home then. So, yeah, you can resist in these fashions, but what are some of the other educational aspects that we just touched on just a second ago of resisting? Teach your kids the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they shouldn't have to, you know, read this stuff later. Yeah. We're, we have a, a modern reformation happening right now in many, many ways, yeah, yeah. and and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm happy when I come home from a from a soccer game and uh, and don't make fun of it because it's soccer. Okay, grass fairies. Okay, grass and, fairies. And my boy says something about says something to one of the to one of my other boys. Did you see that a effeminate boy on the other team? <laughs> like. And and the reason why I'm happy about that is he's recognizing something that's not normal, mm-hmm. um, like that. And so when I, when I think of like teaching my kids to resist, it's it's teaching them to see those kinds of mm-hmm. things. So I think that's another practical way that that we resist. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, teach our kids. Have lots of kids. And teach them to follow the Lord. Mm-hmm. Teach them that this is the normal, good, glorifying, incredibly rewarding way to live life. Yeah, amen. and that and that really, which gets us to you know, back to this passage, and and I wanted, and hopefully that came across as my main point on Sunday. I didn't want this to get lost underneath the the defy the government comment, but that is that Moses just simply chose the. The, the greater option. Yeah. No, like, don't, I don't give think, him a cookie for that. I don't think I got this exactly right, but you said something effective. 
making God the grandest asset in our account and then reckoning with the soundest logic. Yes. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, I want my kids to to do just that. Make God the grandest asset, which means to consider everything he has said and done and is as the greatest good. Mm-hmm. So if he says that gender is binary, if he has said that men should act like A, B, C, and D, and women should act like E, F, G, I don't know my alphabet, you know, uh, like if that's what God has said, I should I should reckon that as a consider that or make that the grandest asset in my account mm-hmm. and then reckon with the soundest logic, meaning I should then logically with wisdom seek to align my life with that. Mm-hmm. And so when my kids see an, an effeminate man, I want them to go, wow, that's, that's not, not the greatest reward. That's not right. That That's not the greatest asset. Mm-hmm. That's what the world offers. Yeah. Why would I choose that? That's stupid. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that, I want them to have, it just makes sense. Why would I go that route? Yeah. And that doesn't even take courage. <laughs> no, no. That, that's, that's the weird thing is like, you look at Moses, like, man, what courage he had. So brave, m- brave Moses. Like, that's not what, that's not what it says. Nope. Well, and, and so back to this plundering our property that, that they, they could with joy, experience the plundering of their property, the taking of their property. Again, whether or not they stood up to it or not, it's not that doesn't tell us that in the passage. Don't yeah. read that in. And it's but, more than implicitly an unjust thing that's happening to them, right? That's what plunder means. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be clear. It's being forcefully taken, <laughs> which is a good point. So maybe the text is actually implying uh, that they resisted it. Hmm. I would just like... I mean, just like to make clear that like they're not supposed to have it like <laughs> that's what plunder means yes that man that's a good point look at that theology you're on the fly you're welcome look at that that's what words but, mean words but, man but here's here's <laughs> but he says this you but since you knew you were able to do this since you knew that yourselves had a better possession mm-hmm. and an abiding one so he's saying like look you you could that could be taken from you um and and you could still be joyful because you simply knew you had a better reward mm-hmm. so I, that's 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 what I want my kids to grow this is just this is just the better reward why would we choose anything else? I, that should not it should not be the exception that we choose the greater reward yeah. i think only in our incredibly biblically illiterate incredibly worldly driven desires that it seems so astounding that someone would choose the things of God over the things of this earth. Yeah. Like we need to bring normalcy back. We'll see if I can do this. This is pull it down in the NIRV like I did on Sunday for our liturgy and on my sermon on pizza. So I don't mind you plundering my pizza because I own the pizza joint. You can have my one pizza. I don't need to freak out over that. Because I will go, I own the pizza joint. Let's put it a little bit different, different, differently. You can't touch my pizza. It's mine. Mm-hmm. Well, but I'm going to take it anyways. Now, I'm going to resist you taking it. Yeah. But I'm going to laugh because I still have a whole lot more pizza back. In That's the right. Yeah. As you take it, my joy will not be ill-affected. Mm-hmm. I have a whole refrigerator full of mozzarella. I have every, I, I have more than I could ever need. Mozzarella. 
Yeah, that's 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 helpful. I I I wanted to dive into some of these practicals on resisting because I knew that was going to be some of the questions, and I'm happy that you didn't like make the sermon only about that. That that wasn't the point, but I knew that that's going to be some of the questions, and and we want to give some direction for that here, and not let don't let your whole home group be taken up by this stuff. No, um, no, I I would rather you spend more time. Uh, again, what I tried to like. I knew it was going to be very shadowed by point number one, mm-hmm. but really just the fact that he chose the obvious, smarter, wiser decision. Mm-hmm. I want that to be the, yeah, that, the, that to drive us. Yeah. Believing in God and acting towards God as we ought to do. This goes back to Enoch. You got to believe God exists and yeah. that he rewards those who seek him. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So, Hope that that's been helpful and illuminating and give you some allegedly, uh, alleged uh, steps to take (laughs) as you resist uh, tyranny and uh, any other evil that is in your life. But remember to do that simply by no loving and obeying Jesus as Lord over all. Be allied to your king and you can't go wrong. So appreciate you guys. We'll see you next week.